it's your boy Fred from What's Happening. I'm just seeing if you checked out Patreon yet. Ad free podcast, full video episodes, unedited content, exclusive merchandise discounts, early access to merchandise, vote, partake in community polls, and inspire content, access private chat, and middle on one bonus episode. What you waiting for? Tap in on Patreon. Welcome to What's Happening. I'm Brad. I'm Fred. It's the show we talk about what's happening. What's happening with you, dog? Shit, bro. Just had a a great Christmas break so far. I mean, I've had to work for it, so it ain't like my Christmas break. But when I got my daughter out of Ohio, um, you know, and we just been able to kick it. You know what I'm saying? Sit back when he really did nothing major. Um, I cooked Christmas dinner. Okay. Uh, so we didn't do nothing traditional. Uh, we used to do a traditional, like on the same thing we do at Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this time, baby wanted a lasagna, so we went on ahead and did lasagna, salad, and rolls. And uh, I didn't take no videos. I was low-key soft, you know what I mean? Because uh, I actually made my first set of rolls from scratch so you and Naaman can't talk about the Negro ah. no more on the holidays and the bread and you know what I'm saying of the biscuits and the rolls you know I'm gonna find me a biscuit yes, recipe and uh see what it do but I had to had the chiller help me make the dough and uh yes, we sir. put it in the in the fridge and let it rise over overnight you know um and I brought you it rise the next overnight day. Yeah, and then brought it uh, yeah. back out the next day. You probably and, had two, uh, three pans of them joints when you had let it rise that much. We, we had two pans, but it was, you know what I mean, nice size, you know what I'm saying? Okay. We, just a normal uh, recipe. It said you should get between 14 and 16 rolls, and we got 15, so. Okay. Didn't do bad. Um yeah. But for the first set, they weren't bad, you know what I'm saying? I said it probably was a little dry on the inside, but, you know, it was the first time. Just trying it out with the kiddos, so it was fun. They was they was kind of like at first, like, what the hell is we doing? Like this shit's boring as hell. And then once it actually turned into dough, and it was like, wait a minute, <laughs> like, yeah. hey, we can do a bunch of stuff with that. So you know what I mean? Like, right. it was like that was pretty cool. I was like, yeah, it was pretty cool. So you know, and then when I cooked them and made them rolls, and we had them with the salad and the lasagna. You know what I mean? It was on point. So we did that. Uh, I tried a TikTok. It failed. So um, wait, I'm what? Gonna to, I'm gonna have I to try a new one. Well, no, no, I didn't put in. See, I, I suck at videos. I need to be having these as reels. But um, I'm gonna try it again. Try it a, a different way. But we tried to do the um, whether it's original caramel popcorn um, one. Okay. Uh, you didn't see that. Nah, wait. I may have seen it before. But it's basically you just okay. melt butter and uh, Weathers Originals down. And you and make a caramel you sauce. The, pop, the popcorn in it and put the lid on it. It pops the kernels um, mm. inside the caramel sauce and turns it into caramel popcorn. But I think um, just because one caramel, and I've known this from watching, you know, different food shows and whatnot, that caramels are hard. Um, 
hard flavor and a hard type of substance to cook with. You know what I mean? Like it, it burns very easily. Yeah. If you don't keep it at a low heat. And so I think the biggest issue was you needed a certain temperature to get the hard candies of the caramel to melt. But once it melted, you want to keep it low, but keeping it low is not going to have the temperature high enough to pop the kernels. Mm. So it, you know, you had to turn it up and you want to keep stirring it in a sense, but eventually you got to keep it covered for the kernels to keep the heat to pop. So it ended up browning and, um, you know, burning the caramel, uh, to say mm. the least. So it, it didn't come out great, but I think I'm going to just make the caramel sauce, pop the kernels, and then drizzle it over and maybe like bake it for a second to get it to stick well. But we're going to make another run at it tonight, so we'll see how that go. Hopefully That's I'm up. smart enough to do some video. But other than that, man, we've been chilling. Just fun family time. What's up with you? Man, no, nah, man, I love the story about uh, you know, about the kids realizing like how dope it is to, to do the roles, man. Like that's something that like I definitely encourage everybody to do. You know, I was thinking about this even today. I went to the grocery store. Oddly enough, I didn't do what I was thinking, but like I had to go get some other things and I just grabbed a couple things just so we could have like some sides for dinner. And I looked at like the prepackaged bag bag of salad. Mm-hmm. And I looked at the prepackaged bag of salad. And then, you know, that might be enough to get, you know, my kids don't eat a whole lot. They're little. And so, like, a, a bag of salad, we could probably get two meals out of it, like, as a side. You know what I'm saying? Like, right. chicken salad, steak salad, whatever, right? Um, mm-hmm. We could probably get, like, two meals out of a bag out of my house. You know, me have a salad for a side, wife has a salad for the side, and the kids have just a little bit of salad. And then I looked at, like, if I were to get a head of lettuce, get a carrot, get a cucumber, cut it up myself, get the red onion. I can make the same garden salad for the same price as what it is prepackaged in that bag. But if I put in that time, I probably got a week's worth of salad. Maybe yeah. maybe three, maybe three, four days, like for my family. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I, I feel where you're coming from, but it also just, you know, saying debates to how much salad do your family like, you know what I mean? Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm not, I mean, not 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 standing that part like we really want to eat salad four days in a row, like, yeah, yeah, not, just saying, like, what we spend our money on, like, right. it, it's just, it, it's key, like, now, like, the salad is in the bag, is ready to go, right? Mm-hmm. Take it out, put a little bit on each plate, we good, like I said, if we want to eat it two nights in a row, we can have it again tomorrow. Like, it's enough. You know what I'm saying? But just the right. thought process of, like, man, if I set that time aside to do this, I can spend the same amount of money, maybe less, and the food can go further. And it was just something that, that, like, that was just sticking in my mind. And so when you said that about, like, y'all making the rolls, it's just, like, you can make something out of nothing. Like, you can make, like, a whole – you can make a – we go back to what we talked about before on the podcast. We, you know, we talked about it a few times. I worked. I used to work at Annie Ann's, and yeah. um, you know, for them to make a whole batch of dough, as long as they sold one pretzel, it's a that fast. whole that whole batch of dough was covered. That whole batch of dough was covered. 
for the price of one pretzel. And I mean, the pretzel was like, this is 2011. So this is like not even $3 to get the pretzel. Like they don't even need you to buy dip. Like <laughs> it was just, it was just that. Okay. And it's just, and it's just to show that if you're willing to put in the time, you can reallocate your money in different ways. Like I'm kind of going all over the place, but I think I think y'all get what I'm trying to say. But man, I'm cool. Um, you asked me what's up, what's what's happening. <laughs> um, I so I think I said I don't know if we were recording when I said it, but I was planning to go to Ohio to visit the White family uh, for mm-hmm. Christmas. That weather, dog. We didn't do it. But, you know, we are off all this week. Kids are out of school, obviously. So we're going to make some plans to go this week. I think we're going to head down there uh, before the weekend. We're going to head down there, go visit the family. So it's like kids, Thursday. Yeah, yeah, I think that's what we're going to do. The wife's birthday is Wednesday, so I don't know. But we're going to go down there this week. She's off work all this week. Obviously, we talked about it before. I'm off all this week. I'm off all next week. Um, and the kids are obviously out of school, so we, we got time. Um, but yeah, we're gonna, we gonna make it down there, you know. So, with that said, man, you know, this storm in the Midwest and in the Northeast, it's been brutal. And I pray to God that everybody has been safe and warm. You know, I don't know. I mean, I'm assuming I ain't heard nothing from you. I'm assuming everything's all good, power wise and, and health wise down there. Yeah, um. Power just been flickering. Health is good around here. Um, we, I mean, we got snow, but it wasn't at first. I think they were predicting like eight to twelve inches, but it turned out to be like one to three. Yeah, it's supposed they, to be another one to three today, but it looked like it might have stopped already. So, yeah, they was talking about that snow bad, and it was crazy because so going back a little bit in time, you know, uh, my <laughs> boss was in town. You know, not last week, but the week prior to that. Um, And then it was like the day that she was driving in or the night that she was driving in, there was uh, there was some snow expected to come down and it didn't come. It was a little cold, but it didn't come. Right. And then I ended up going down to Ohio for work myself that following weekend. And then I brought snow with me. It wasn't bad, but it did snow. But it was just like, oh man, the storm is coming. The storm is coming. The storm is coming. And I was telling, I was telling the wife because, you know, for the last couple of years with COVID, we haven't gone anywhere for the holidays, and we usually almost always go somewhere for at least one of the holidays. Um, so this year was the year that we planned to, you know, make that trip. And you know, we went down to Memphis for Thanksgiving. We we're going to Ohio for for Christmas, and like. From a time perspective, it actually would have made sense to go down to Memphis for Christmas since we have more time and it's a further drive. But we didn't want to do that. But the main reason I didn't want to do that was because what if the weather's bad and we get stuck somewhere in the middle of Kentucky? And like, I ain't trying to be stuck in Kentucky. <laughs> no offense, bro, but you know exactly what I mean when I say I don't want to be stuck in Kentucky. <laughs> it's really not that bad around here. You know, there's some pots, but it ain't, it ain't horrible. Uh, I'm not saying it's horrible. I don't like being stuck places where I don't know where I'm at in general. <laughs> and like, if I get stuck somewhere in, in Ohio, I lived in Ohio for 10 years. If I get stuck somewhere in Michigan, I lived in Michigan for the other 26 years. If 
I get stuck in Kentucky and I only know one person there, well, one person in his family, it, it, I can't do it. <laughs> all right, we, we straight. You stuck down here, you're gonna be all right, you know what I mean? But I mean, I get it. I don't know, it don't bother me. You see, you put me anywhere on God's green earth. Hey. I feel you there. <laughs> like, I'm gonna I'm be straight, I'm gonna find me a way or, or something. Do I prefer? Nah, but I mean, if it, if it come down to it, yeah, I'm be very resourceful. It. it is what it is, and I should have said this earlier. I'm gonna just throw this out there now. Y'all, Fred is recording in a different spot from where he usually records that. And on my end, it sounds fine. But if there is some sort of audio issue, please forgive us. If you hear some noise in the background, we are also recording at a different time of day from what we usually record. We typically record late at night when our kids are asleep. We are recording, you know, four in the afternoon where our kids are wide awake. It's quite possible that... <laughs> Fred, one of his seven might pop in. For me, it's possible that one of the, my three that live here, they might pop in. Forgive us if that happens, but y'all know we ain't professionals no way. We just be out here talking. Facts. <laughs> Listen, man, so you know what's crazy? It's because of all this time, the holidays, it seems like it's been a while since we talked, but it ain't been Ain't even been a full week since we last talked. I guess just because maybe it feels like it's been a while because I've been doing nothing but sitting at the house. <laughs> he need adult interaction, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Um, how about this one? This is a now this happened here, uh, local to Michigan, uh, Oakland County. It's the county that I live in. Wins Oakland County woman. I'm sorry. Come on with these ads. Uh, this is from Fox 2 Detroit, so this is our local Fox affiliates. Uh, Oakland County Woman wins $4 million while buying family Thanksgiving feasts. So I'm going to read it. It happened in Troy, Michigan. That's the rich people area. So this past Thanksgiving, an Oakland County woman, they forgot the word woman, had about $4 million reasons to be thankful after she happened to buy a $30 scratch-off ticket and won $4 million. The 49-year-old woman who was able to remain anonymous said she bought the ticket at the Kroger, that doesn't matter, at a grocery store the Wednesday before Thanksgiving. So that is just like, that's awesome. Like you are just doing right. You know, she was buying dinner for another family and says, let me just play this ticket and wins $4 million. That's dope. To me, that's dope. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, the only thing I can think of is, man, that reminds me when I was a kid. Um, one of my uncles, one of my late uncles, he um, he would he would often come over and you know say hi, you know, whatever, spend time with us, and then he always played the lottery, and he would always ask me and my sister to to give him a number to play. And we always just give a number. He'd always go play it. And to the best of my knowledge, he'd always lose. And then one day, he was just like, give me a number. And I was like, 369. And my stepdad, <laughs> my stepdad was like, 
<laughs> you stupid. I didn't think that together. Ah, yeah, yeah. Ah, damn, yeah. I know. I, I've been telling the story for years. I never hey, thought that. You young, man. Just, hey, I mean, I, 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 I was like no older than, I was no older than 10, maybe 11 when this happened. So that song wasn't even out yet. That's just funny how that worked out. But uh, I was just like, 369. And I remember my stepdad was like, yeah. And he went and played it. And then my um, my uh, uncle was like, ah, nah, that one don't seem right. The one time he didn't play the number I gave him, yeah. that joint hit. <laughs> Got right out the bottom of that motherfucker. <laughs> Instead of that, ended up winning, like, I think so many people hit. I, it was like the daily three or whatever. So, mm-hmm. like, so many people hit it that they only got, like, you know, 300-some-odd dollars, something like that. But, I mean, hey. Off a dollar box. Oh, or, exactly. Ten a cent. Hey, them eyes is pretty damn good to me. Hey. <laughs> I remember hey. they called. I was like, we won. He's like, oh. I remember he was just like, the one time I didn't play y'all number. <laughs> <laughs> he was like, give me another number for tomorrow. <laughs> oh, well, that's dead. <laughs> oh, hey. give us your chance. But um, no, I mean, I think the funny part is, it's just, you know, you do the right thing, and then the right thing, those, like, unexpected blessings, man, they always be unexpected. That stuff never happens when you try to, like, finesse it, I feel like. Oh, yeah, it definitely don't happen when you finesse it. Like, that's that's what's up, because, like, you have people who play, like, the Mega Millions and, you know, them jackpots, and they, they go out there and buy 10, 20, 30 damn tickets. And they never be the one to win, but the one by that one little ticket with their last two dollars or something. Yeah, man. You know what I mean? They just be like, what the hell? Like you never can outwork the odds in the favor and grace for somebody else. You know, you know what? It's story time with your boy part two. Cause you think yeah. you think it was story. All right. So we talked about it on this podcast before. I used to work at Cedar Point. That's an amusement park in Ohio, for those of you that may not know. And so I always worked in the games area. And we have this game, my Cedar Point people will know this, called Bankable. I was a team leader at this game. And um, the way this game works is, is that you try to visualize it. If you've seen it at another park and it's not called Bankable, it might be called a Rebound. But there is a, it's a wiffle ball, a wooden board, and a wooden box. And the rules of the game are you got to bounce the ball off the board into the box. It, and you get any prize you want. It sounds simple. It's hard as hell. I tell people that the game is so hard. This game is so hard that not only am I going to tell you how to win, not only am I going to tell you the rules, like I'm not going to like tell you the rules, the purpose of the game, the rules. I'm going to tell you how to win. And I'm going to coach you while you're playing the game. Okay, you throw it this way, adjust your toss like this. Okay, you kind of sit your head to the, to, to the hand a little bit organically, try to make your hand go straight up and down, right? I'm going to tell you and I'm going to coach you honestly how to win and you still not gonna win like that's how hard the game is like i'm gonna be your best friend and you still not gonna win so anyway all right so when you stay at cedar point or i'm sorry when you go to cedar point if you stay in a hotel overnight or if you have a platinum pass and i haven't worked there in over a decade so the rules may have changed but this is 2010 that i'm talking about the the park would open at 10 right and then so early entry would begin at nine if you were just a regular park visitor 
they put you on one side. If you were a hotel guest or a platinum pass holder, they put you on another side. And then what would happen is, is that those that actually had early entry, you could come in and you could actually ride a few rides and do some things like before the lines got crazy because you were in there an hour before it was open to the general public. The other side of you that was just early, you just got to stand inside the park for an hour early, but there was nothing open to you except a gift shop, the donut slash coffee shop, and a few of the games. And my game is one of those games, right? When you have nothing to do in an amusement park for an hour, <laughs> that feels like forever, games. <laughs> right? So I got my game open. I got Bank of Ball open. And um, this kid wants to play so bad. I may have told you this story before. This kid wants to play the game so bad. He wants to play so intensely. And his granddad, he's with his grandparents, and his grandfather will not let him play. All right. Finally, the kid has worked him down. It's about like 9:40, right? Been working on him, right? And then all of a sudden I see granddad walk up. Now the sign says two dollars for one ball, five dollars for three balls. So granddad gives me two dollars and says it's two dollars you get one ball and when you lose you'll see why it's a ripoff now we were also Kid doing this that bitch up. <laughs> wait, wait, wait 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 we're also doing this thing where we are doing a happy hour so when you play the game before noon it's buy one get one so mm. this kid's gonna get two balls for two dollars for two dollars instead of one ball for two dollars and so um same thing this kid is eight, nine, right? And I tell him the rules. Bounce the ball off the board in the box. Your elbow can't cross my side of the counter. There's a white stick on the top and the bottom of the board. You can't knock those down. Easiest way to win the game, you take the ball open-handed, underhanded. You want to toss it up in the air off your fingertips like it's a finger roll layup. You want that ball to go high in the sky. If it falls on the low part of the board, it should go into the box. This kid throws the perfect toss. Except... Except, <laughs> except he stood so far a away from the game that the ball never hit the board. I've worked, I'm the team leader at this game. I've worked this game, I don't know how many times over the course of like years at this point. So like, it's to the point where like, I can see the ball go off your hand and I know if you won or not. And like, <laughs> like, it's that crazy, right? I'm freaking out. I've never seen anybody throw a perfect toss on the first toss. No less a kid that's like eight years old, right? So I'm freaking out. And I'm like, all right, dude, you threw the perfect toss, except your hand was too far. So remember that rule. I said, your elbow can't cross my side of the counter. That means it can come to my side. He just can't cross. And I literally grabbed his hand and I brought him as far as his elbow could go. And I was like, do the exact same thing right here. He's like, oh, okay. Throws it up, makes it. This kid <laughs> shooting like Steph Curry for 100%. <laughs> Perfect. And I'm like, you won. He's like, I won? He's like, I'm like, yeah, you won. He's like, yeah, Grandpa can't tell me shit. <laughs> he literally got in Grandpa's face and said, get past oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> I will never forget this kid. I hope to God that somehow this kid is one of our listeners and hears us and is like, that was me. That was me. I will never forget this kid. His dad, his grandfather had the shittiest boo-boo looking face that I've ever seen <laughs> in 
my life because now it's 9.45 and this is a hard game. So we got right. these big-ass life-size gorillas. He's got to carry the motherfucker starting at 10 o'clock in the morning. <laughs> oh. Yeah. We was walking back out that motherfucker. We was going to put that in the car. Yeah. <laughs> His granddad was so bad. Like, it was so, it was so bad, bro. And I was just, oh, oh. And then it was just great. It was just great. I mean, this gorilla is like my size. Like, you, you. <laughs> but man, now I mean, that all that said to say, you know, it, it, it be the moments to be unexpected. His granddad was over there trying to hate. Like, you ain't going to yep. do this. You ain't going to win. They don't want you to win. You can't win. Send the other. And this kid wins perfectly. I mean, and like he's like eight or nine years old, bro. He not but yeah, man. Now nah, his granddad won't go give him no more money. He might win two of them. <laughs> hey, oh, we was gonna win two or three because I'm telling you right now, old man. Just for the simple fact that he said, "You see, it's a ripoff. I'm only paying two bucks now. You gonna have to cough up two more at least." <laughs> you, you ain't proved no points yet. <laughs> oh man, man. that's crazy. Oh man. So we should follow up on this one. This happened um almost a week ago. But um so our first episode was called What's Happening in Phoenix. And we talked about in long form the issues of uh the Phoenix Suns owner Robert Sarver, uh this long history of racism and misogyny and harassment, and they had just built this whole culture. And Baxter Holmes from ESPN had worked for about a year to uncover the story and then he posted it on ESPN then the NBA launched an investigation the NBA lost it, uh, the investigation after uh what nine months they finally came out and said yeah he sucks you know in in in, in short term they basically said yeah we found this and then they did the, the best they could do they called for him to they suspended him for a year and then they fined him 10 million dollars which is the maximum amount that they were allowed um based under the rules and the whole thing was is that there was no video there was no audio like what happened with donald sterling who, who used to own the los angeles clippers back in 2014. so then the player starts speaking up like yo he needs to go he needs to go people start you know paypal uh threatened to um you know in their sponsorship agreement with them and it was getting ready to all be down bad and then robert sarver agreed to sell well finally it has happened. He has agreed in principle to sell to Matt Ishbia, who is the CEO of United Wholesale Mortgage. Uh, he will become, assuming that the NBA owners approve it, he will become the owner of the Phoenix Suns of the NBA, as well as the Phoenix Mercury of the WNBA. And he is set to buy that team for $4 billion. And these payouts for these motherfucking NBA owners be so low. Yes. What you thinking? What's your thoughts? I know we've talked about it off and on for the past year. Yeah, I mean, like I'm sure we said in the past, you know, especially once, you know, it, it was found out through the investigation that he indeed had used racial slurs on more than I think it was four accounts. Um, yeah, at minimum. 
at minimum, but yeah, that's all they gave us. So I'm not gonna go out there and guess anymore. Um, you know, it, I mean, it, it's rightfully so that he needs to sell it, but I've also said, I think I'm one of the first ones um, that making this type of money on these teams is really not a punishment for having to sell. You know, because at the end of the day, nobody bought these teams at the value that they're currently rated at. You know what I mean? And I get they own it and you can't tell them what to sell it for and whatnot. And I'm not saying because I'm a business person. I'm not saying because they, you know, use racial slurs that, you know, make them, you know, take some type of crazy loss. But I don't see rewarding them some type of hefty, you know what I'm saying, payment or or settlement, should you say, because we're forcing them to sell. I don't see why they can't sell them for what they bought them for if they have to lose them in a wrongful manner. But to make more on it than what you got it for under the terms of what you're selling it for, because in other words, you wouldn't be selling it. I think the answer to that question is, Scott, I know you mentioned this before. Um, I think the answer to that is the fact that knowing that he had to sell it or else he was going to plummet the value. Because the sponsorships were going to be, were going to dwindle. I mean, like I said, PayPal was suspending theirs already. There was more, I remember watching or listening somewhere, there was more that was like on the way that from like like high level pressure from businesses that you that that the, the Phoenix organizations are sponsored with, that they were going to publicly announce and, and they were gonna publicly denounce Robert Sarver and make it clear that as long as he was involved in any capacity that that they were going to be not involved, which would have affected the value. So, I mean, I, I see what you're saying. That does it does it affect it that much? You you think because he's not? I think it. I think it could have. I mean, he. If, I don't know. I mean, when I look at it from an organization standpoint, with or without him, the rules in which they operate, you know what I'm saying, their standard operating procedure stays the same. You know what I'm saying? Nothing really changes outside of him being gone for a year because they've been running this at the same level and same pace for so many years. It's almost like autopilot. You know, and I think that, like, this really just exposes the ugliness, maybe it's the term I want to use. Um, no, it, it just shows you how stuff really works because, you know, it's pretty clear to anybody that's listening to this show or that knows me, I'm a, I'm a big basketball fan. And the NBA is owned by the owners. The 30 right. principal owners of those 30 teams, they are the ones that own the league. And so 
they it would be up to I guess the other thing is is that it would be up to if he would not have sold. Okay. Okay. Maybe and I'm gonna try to put this together. The way the NBA works in general and, and professional sports by and large work this way. I mean, you can make, you know, you can sell your tickets and, and, and get your and get your great players and just that and the other and blah blah blah. But like ultimately, the way that these sports leagues work, and we'll just leave it to the NBA, is that what's good for one is good for all. It's bad for Cleveland specifically to lose LeBron James to Miami, but LeBron James being in Miami uh, with a big three along with Dwayne Wade and Chris Bosh, that's a ratings boost. That's must-see That's must see TV for basketball, and the entire league grows when you have a LeBron James, whether he's on your team or not. You want him on your team, but as long as he's in the league, as long as he's playing, like he, it's good. So but what that means is that what's bad for one team is, is often bad for everyone at the same time. So when you have – the other thing that would have potentially have had to happen is that if he would not have sold, then the other owners – would have had to try to vote to force him out. And then that's where it, it becomes a slippery slope as well. And, you know, there's probably other own, I mean, these guys are billionaires. So they talk to each other and they're just like, like you, come on, man, sell the team. Like you got to plummet the value of the team. You got to mess with everybody's money. Like just take your billions. You bought it for, I think it was 44 million in 20, whatever, 2004. I think it's when he, he bought it for, or maybe four hundred million, something like that. But like it's, it, it's worth billions now. Take it and run, just take it and run. And I think that that's what it just it comes down to. You know, I'm a wrestling fan, right? We we've talked about that a lot. The whole situation with Vince McMahon and his situation, where he um, had all these scandals pop out, where he has retired. He's still the owner in principle. He's still the largest shareholder of the WWE. So it's like, while he's gone, I mean, I don't think you could punish people for making a good investment just because they're trash people. And I think that's what it comes down to at the end of the day. And I think that that says something about, there's probably a deeper message in there about ownership, you know, because if it were, you know, we 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 touched on it a couple of times guys like Kanye and everything that he's been doing the last couple of years, uh, you know, uh, with with the stuff that he's been saying, um, R. Kelly, everything he's been going through, everything the last couple of years, right? I'm not saying that's a you know what I'm saying is that these are guys that did not own things; they had high level contracts to work things and to get there. But as soon as they made a mistake you were able to hit them in their pockets. You can't hit somebody as easily in their pockets when they're the owner. And that's probably the the deeper message that needs to ha- that that needs to be that needs to be had. The deeper conversation needs to be had is when you own you know you can be punished, but it'll never be to the same degree as the employee. That's correct. I mean, you 100% right. Well, let's uh 
So Matt Ishbia, I did not know this. He was a walk-on to the Michigan State Spartans, and he won a national championship in 2000 when we won. So that's kind of dope. What I'm also interested to see just on the business side as well is, so I said he owns, he's the CEO of United Wholesale Mortgage. They have a relationship with the Pistons now. Um, if you look at a Pistons jersey, you see UWM on their on their jersey. So I wonder how that impacts the sponsorship there. You said he's the CEO. He's CEO of United Wholesale Mortgage. <clears throat> and I think yeah. that probably says something about What's really happened with um, with these uh, with the houses and and the rise in prices over the last couple of years that you know this guy is basically coming out of nowhere. Well, I guess he's not really out of nowhere, but I wonder if he's a part of a, a group like a leaders group or something, or is it just going to be him solely? Well. I think that his brother is buying into it as a lieutenant governor, but um, I guess he's also been trying to buy some teams a lot, like basketball teams and football teams over the last few years. So it's interesting, man. Yeah, you're going to have to watch that. Man, what else we got, bro? Let me see. I know it's something good in here I sent you. What's up with Orlando with Orlando Brown getting arrested in your hometown? Man, listen, bro. <laughs> you said that to me. I ain't said that to you. I know, but it was just kind of funny because it's like I knew he was down there. He was supposed to be down there. Um, it's a guy down there by the name of Matthew Lamar. I don't know him too well, but he's been trying to uh, shoot a film um, down there in Lima. And so it sounded like from – the looks of it, he casted Orlando Brown to, you know, be in it and hopes to <clears throat> give a second shot for Orlando, you know, to make a comeback in, into the mainstream media as well as get, you know, his screenplay off the ground. Mm-hmm. And so, um, sound like I, I'm not sure, but there's a lot more news articles covering it. I don't know if he has family down there or whatnot, but he got into a verbal um, argument that uh, sounds like a police felt like it could got dangerous, so they arrested him on domestic violence. Mm. Um, so, but from what I've been seeing, a lot of people say that actually was interacting with him and dealing with him. They saying he ain't really all there. Like, bro, man, need to go get some help. You know what I mean? It, it might be another case of a celebrity that, you know, in the, in a downward spiral, um, seeking out for help without knowing how to really say I need help. And with somebody that likes of Orlando Brown, um, he's he's been acting and stuff for a long time. I mean, hell, since we were kids. So he, he had to be in the industry damn near all his life so you know a lot of times you get to this stage in your adult years and you can't deal with you know a lot of things that just come with being a celebrity of trying to stay on top trying to make money trying to keep going when you've been in the business so long that sometimes you spiral out of control i mean we even see it 
you know, you being an NBA fan, you know, there's NBA players that hasn't necessarily been in the limelight for years, but after getting in the limelight, they, you know, feel like they're at the top and can't nothing bring them down. Then they start crashing down. They don't know how to ask for help. Their pride and ego stands in the way. Um, they burn through countless of money, you know, turn friends into foe. It happens. So from my understanding, you know, the man needs some help. It might just be the way he's crying out for attention or for help or what have you, but I'm not quite sure. But one thing they do say about my hometown is come on vacation, leave on probation. Don't bring your ass there. <laughs> Don't bring your ass there. I'm trying to tell you. Hey, we, we I ain't, ain't never heard here. that. Listen, we ain't no huge big city. We we try to run like the big cities and you know what I'm saying? Hey, it ain't shit to get into but some trouble. All the oh, way around the board. Man. Trust me. Come on vacation, leave on probation. Hell no. It ain't no lie. That's Lando. It's man. crazy, though, because he got there. And, like, I guess he got there. I don't know if he did what he needed to do or everybody just didn't know what he was there for. But I started seeing posts on my Facebook, like, why is dude still here? Like, what is he doing? <laughs> what did he cut? Like, and like, it's just, it became bigger, like, to the point some people, like, that stay within an hour from home is like, man, is dude still around there? Because I'm thinking about driving down there today, <laughs> see if I bump into him. Like, oh. and you know what I'm saying? This is like weeks later type shit. So it's like, I, I don't know. You got fucking with somebody down that mug or what, but it ain't, it ain't too good right now. Just getting into trouble don't even need to be. But and it's not like, you know, I could see if he came to my hometown and got into a, a situation or whatever. But it seemed like for the past couple of years, probably one out of every four spots he touched, he getting it. You know what right. I mean? So I don't know. Right, right. What's going on? Yeah, man. I I she, I feel like <laughs> going back to your point earlier, these child stars, man, we just see it time and time and time again. These child stars just be troubled. You know, and I, I think there's just something to we see it in these child stars, but I think, you know, there's people that we all know in our personal lives that had to grow up young that are messed up for like yeah. yeah but with the child stars i think it's to a little different level because there's and you know i'm just thinking of it now but it, it, it's something that i'm pretty sure a lot of people have thought of because i think it's just starting to tell more of a story of what we all knew that is just being painted more and more now you know what I'm saying? When you look into like the R. Kelly situation, and you know what I'm saying, you look into like Lindsay Lohan, and then you look at at Britney Spears, and you know what I'm saying, like a lot of different people who fame came early, and then you look at 
how did they get here? How did they get noticed? And then you go to things like watching these pageant shows and whatnot on reality TV where the parents is pushing, pushing. You got to do this. You got to do that. got to eat like this. You got to dress like this. You got to be on cue. You know, it's almost like the Joe Jackson effect. You know okay. what I'm saying? It, you spin wrong. Come on. You got to get it. You spin wrong again. You know what I mean? And you getting fucked up behind it. You know what I'm saying? Like, there, there was, it was really times like that that we grew up in where a lot of these kids, I guarantee, if you ask them, not necessarily even cared about being famous or whatnot. They noticed the talent they had and they was having fun with it. Yeah. And there's somebody on the outside that's close to them pushing them to be where they're at at an early stage when they probably shouldn't have been there, when they should have been able to grow up and be a kid and make a decision later on in life. Then you have people where, you know, you're fighting your parents for your conservator, uh, conservatorship, you know what I'm saying, because they've had rights over you since you were a child. Right. that rightfully should have been released when you were 18 and became to make adult decisions but for some reason it hasn't because we say oh well they're spiraling out of control and we don't want them to mismanage this but when our reality y'all still get to live off of that right right you know what I'm saying? You're, you're, these parents and, and close relatives and friends or whatnot and even you know uh people in the agency that talent seekers who say they got their best interest in heart and going to help them get there it's all about what's in it for them you know so it it's something that we've all known but i think it's becoming bigger in a, in a bigger light like we're seeing it more and more because these child stars are now adults i mean hell look at little romeo him and p been going at it for the past week or so you know Mm. He's talking about the money that P is keeping from him and how his dad is a social media whore and he's just addicted to social media and what he looks like, you know. And, and, and this is for normal people because, you know, I just had a situation where my stepbrother OD, you know what I'm saying? And, oh. and it was like, it was crazy because mentally I'm, I'm looking at it and I'm like, well, why ain't his parents there? Like, why ain't they, you know, and then you hear back some of the things, some of them worry about what they're going to look like in front of others if they find out that they kid OD when you really should be trying to find out what kind of help you can get them and make sure they're okay. Right, right. So, you know, I, I think it's just, like I said, it's becoming bigger and bigger because more of those people, like we were saying in the past, that people we grew up on are now at that pivotal point where they can speak up for themselves. They're finally free of some things or contracts or what have you. And we're just seeing it more and we're able to understand it more, you know, because I also think when we were younger and we would see a situation like this, we didn't really understand it for what it really was. We like, man, they got all that money and they tripping. But now you look at it, it's, it's way deeper than the money. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's way deeper than being a star. And we didn't have financial literacy and awareness of financial literacy. You know what I'm saying? Back then, I mean, hell, some of the adult, you know, professional athletes that was making the same money as some of these actors, that's kids, couldn't control their money. So what you expect these kids to do? And they're, they're family members that got control over their funds. Some of these folks is getting 18 that made millions before they was 10. Probably don't got to die. 
everybody can't be raving Simone that's still spending money from the Cosby show, you know what I'm saying, back in the 80s and ain't touched nothing that she didn't made since. You know, thankful she had the right people in front of her to, to help her and mold her, you know, on financial literacy versus majority don't. Right. Yeah, I mean, I think in some respects, you know, I'm definitely agreeing with you. You know, like like what you're saying about, you know, just like the, um, you know, the, the the parents pushing the child stars. You know, I'm a big fan of Kev on stage, and he's talked about about how his um, one of his sons uh, they secured a movie role, or yeah, they secured a movie role, and was getting ready another one. And this is when they were like young, young. This was a long time ago, but it was like some of the pushing and some of the, the the ways that those parents had to be to help their kid get ahead. He's like, I'm never going to do this to my son. Like my son just sometimes he just wanted to kick back and, you know, play Nintendo. Like sometimes he just want to kick back and like watch cartoons or do whatever. Like I'm going to let him be a child. Like we're going to be all right. Like I'm not going to, I'm not looking for him to be my meal ticket, you know? And, and at one point it was looking that way. Cause he was trying to, Kevin say he was trying to break it to the industry himself trying to make some things shake and it wasn't really shaking the way he wanted him to shake, but it started shaking for his son. Right. It didn't. And that goes back to what we talked about at the beginning. It didn't shake for his son. He didn't, he didn't try to pressure his son to make it work for him to try to live off his son's thing. And, and now Kev on stage, you know, he got his own app. He's doing all kinds of stuff. So that we just accidentally tied in <laughs> the whole episode right quick. <laughs> uh, I mean, but that's, it, it really is really like that though, you know, and, a lot of times, you know, you you'll be on this journey for years and somebody next to you, they go in accidentally goofing around with you and catch what you was trying to catch. And it's like, what the hell? So you you push for them to go harder and they don't they don't want to. You know, and I and I look at it a lot of times because like I I just watch something with Deion Sanders, you know, he'd been real big into the news and whatnot lately, but he was it was like a I don't know if he was on a, he was on an interview with somebody and he was talking about him and his son, how they at Jackson State and they just got done playing a game. And his one brother, like, shit, I'm finna go hit a party. You know what I'm saying? And Dion, like, shit, I'm finna catch this red eye back to the house real quick because we got, you know, a commercial to shoot tomorrow. And he look at his son, like, what you about to do? And his son, like, I, I'll be there, uh, I'll be there before the commercial, but I'm gonna I'm a hold back. I just had bro, you know, bring me. And he like, I ain't no dummy. I know you're going to party. But some things, you know what I'm saying, should be priority. But he mm -hmm. like, it ain't on me to, to pressure it. So come time for the interview, the son late. He looked at the agent and said, Doc is pay. <laughs> He he got to know it. This is what comes with it. You either yep. want to go out there and party with your brother, or you yep. want to make your money and secure your bag and then go party later. Right. But there, in that situation, I think about it and I say, man, the average parent would have been like, you know how much money that is, boy. You worry about the party later. Bring your behind, get in this car. You know what I mean? And you don't have mm -hmm. a choice. You you can't have that moment to be a kid. Let them feel that pain. Yeah, but. When they want to go buy them new J's that just dropped and they pay got docked and now that money's not there and they like, wait a minute, then we do the, yeah, but you was late. You thought they was going to pay you to be late and you couldn't remember your lines They had to come back the next day to reshoot it? Right. You got to pay for that. 
now that's his home, like, okay, I got to be a little more serious about my business. Right. You, you know what I mean? It, versus being the parent that's always harping and making sure that you don't miss a beat. Because all it's going to do is mess you up when you get older. You, you know, so, I mean, yeah, I feel bad for, for Lando, though. I ain't going to lie. Hope he gets some help. Hope he come back because one thing I will say, he's been in the media a lot. He's been doing these, like, interviews, looking like he high as hell, making, you know, certain accusations. But in the midst of all that, he dropped, like, a little snippet of him rapping. I ain't even know bro had flow. Yeah, I caught that a couple years ago. Like, but bro had bars. Like, and I mean, like. Hey, these people be talented. Mad talented. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, because I think of it and be like, damn. Like, he could have easily been top 10 in the industry rapping instead of acting. Like, did I you sing you? It's like a month or two ago. I think I sent it to you. It was a clip of, um, I can't think of his real name. Tyler James Williams. That's his real name. He played Chris and everybody hate Chris. Mm. I, don't know. I, don't, I don't know. You know the show Everybody Hates Chris. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm talking, I was trying to think the what kid, you sent me. But I, well, so he was on um on Sway's radio show. Mm-hmm. And I, he did I, a freestyle. Mm-hmm. And he mm-hmm. lit it up. Like yeah. he, he lit it up. Like, Bro. I was just like, who is this? Like, <laughs> facts, like, but he was grown, but yeah, and, and that's it's crazy though, because it's like, and then you look at him, you're like, so what's really wrong? Like, you this mad talented, all this shit's going on, what's really the issue? And, and one thing I'll say too, it like the whole conspiracies of behind the media and shit, a lot of those truths are coming out. You know what I'm saying? Like, things that people thought happened in the media and how they, you know, give one another up for a role or, or you know what I'm saying, play victim, you know what I'm saying, to another person so they can lose out on a certain thing. It's crazy. You know what I mean? Because, like, just even with this whole Tory Lanez and Megan Thee Stallion thing where you know, we just went over that. Like, I seen Bobby Schmurter come on and be like, hey, I blame Rock Nation. You know what I'm saying? And, and some of the people in there for how this went down because a lot of these folks in the industries are just rats. You know what I'm saying? They out to get you. You know what I'm saying? Like, certain women is out to get you. You know what I'm saying? Set up or caught up or cost you a certain amount of money. And he's like, Muggs losing their life over it, and it ain't even right. Like, because it's not about who got the hottest bars or who's a real MC. You know what I'm saying? Everybody shaking hands and, and and doing favors for one another. So, like, he was shining light on it. It was kind of crazy because Tory Lane's dad had blamed Rock Nation when they came out of, you know what I'm saying, the courtroom and, and saying that basically. They, in so many words, is trying to say, like, they let him take the fall for what's really going on. And they know what's going on, but nobody's stepping up to speak up. I don't know what's going on, but this is the second time I've heard Rock Nation being blamed behind the whole Tory Lanez and Megan Thee Stallion thing. And basically, it's 
in so many words, you know what I'm saying, is basically favors being made. That that's the part where like I, I just tap out on conspiracies because like he shot her in the foot. <laughs> Some people say it, it Which, was her friend that did it and he the one's taking the fall for it. I mean, that don't make a ton of sense. Listen. But he was found guilty since we I was gonna leave that one alone, but he was found guilty. I think no, he, he was, but I'm just saying, like, I, I've been seeing more and more where they're saying, like, hey, y'all don't get the, you know what I'm saying, the, the background effect to what y'all see. You know what I'm saying? Like, we knew that, you know what I'm saying, for the most part, a lot of people sitting there trying to be thugs and killers and all that. It's regular church boys that was blessed with a gift. You know what I'm saying? But they in the industry and they playing a role for, for a certain amount of pay. We knew that. But what I'm saying is they're starting to shed light onto some of those things that goes with that. That we kind of said, okay, we thought that may be the case or that may be a situation, but we have no proof. And there's rappers more and more now coming out speaking on it in so many words. Well, I, I mean, we ain't got to involve and in, indulge in it. I'm just saying, just to you know, saying throw it out there that don't be surprised when you start seeing more stuff come out behind these different type of situations where people are blaming things that's going on behind the scenes that we can't see or can't hear or not privy of conversations to, you know what I'm saying, watching deals be made, scenarios in, in situations like that. Yeah, I mean, sure, like back-end deals get made everywhere you go. I just feel like I don't see how it connects, but we we about to hit that hour. <laughs> I don't even wanna. I don't even wanna. <laughs> we about to hit that hour. Yeah, hey, um, don't worry. I'm pretty sure we're gonna have to touch back on it in another scenario because it's just so much stuff like with Young Thug and all them people taking plea deals. You know what I'm saying? Just different scenarios and situations. Like I said, some people just gotta take the fall. But let's go. <laughs> um. Quick programming note. So Fred and I are changing our recording schedule. We're going to start recording earlier than what we've been recording. So that means that we will, I will be uploading and releasing the episodes earlier than what I've been releasing in the past. So um, this episode is going to drop on Wednesday like it does. But starting in 2023, look for episodes to drop on Monday. Um, yeah, look for that. And uh, follow Fred, Mr. Humble underscore beginnings on Instagram. Follow me. Uh, I'm sorry, Fred is Fred Scott on Facebook. I'm Brad Robinson 86 on Twitter and Brad Robinson 1986 on Instagram, TikTok, Facebook. Follow the show. What's happening? Click on the 
link tree that's in the show comments that'll give you a quick link to all of our social medias and also there's a link to follow our patreon where you can watch this episode's video you can see something funny that you didn't get to see you can get it unedited you'll get it ad free you can also listen to it ad free on patreon and you got a whole bunch of other stuff we're about to do some big things in 2023 so we appreciate y'all rocking with us if you feel like we've earned it leave us a five-star review i'm sorry five-star rating i gotta get that together do this five-star rating wherever you get your podcast write a review and share the show with a friend to help us to grow love is a verb we'll see y'all next week and next year hope you had a merry christmas and happy new year peace